0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and
1: Jason Shepard. B to the Y to the U, Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, January 13th, wherever and however you connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man just waiting for his opportunity
2: to be a co-host on Jeopardy, Jason Shepard. I am not. Now, at least if, if the host, you have the answers. You don't have to feel as stupid if you don't know. But look, let's be honest. If you're a contestant on Jeopardy, you're like the 1% of the 1% in terms of intellectuals. Like To be able to know that much stuff at the drop of a hat, and I'm sure that they're given certain topics, and along, but still... Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a, a guest host. Ken Jennings, Utah's own Ken Jennings. huh. The master champion. Yes, BYU guy. Uh, I believe, I think he graduated from yes. BYU, right? I don't know. It's, that's west of the Mississippi, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he started it off with guest hosts now that, unfortunately, Alex Trebek passed away, I believe, in legend. November. What a legend. Seriously. And, and so Aaron Rodgers is going to be one of the uh, one of the guest hosts. And if memory serves, he actually won Celebrity Jeopardy. So, like, this is a thing for him. But, yeah, I, I, I've never been a huge Jeopardy fan because unless it's the sports category, I usually just feel like an idiot. So
1: I owned the game Jeopardy Sports on Super Nintendo, I think, when I was in seventh
2: grade. <laughs> and they're asking questions. Wait, from wait, wait, wait. Super Nintendo had a Jeopardy game? Jeopardy Sports Edition. Oh, okay. Okay. Jeopardy Sports With Edition. Dan Patrick? That wasn't, not no, yet. Not Alex yet. Trebek was
1: still the host. You'd only hear him say, the answer is that's it, uh, and then everything else you had to like type out in these long, meticulous answers with that super slow keyboard. But they'd have questions from boxing in like the 1920s. Any time that Rocky Marciano is an answer, a 12 year old kid is destined to lose in that game. It was so hard to beat people in that game. So Jason, my question for you is: Yes, uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. Whatever it was, I was going to
2: say, what is
1: no? (laughs) I got nothing. That game was so hard. Tell me somebody out there has watched or played Celebrity Sports Jeopardy on Super Nintendo. So tough. Not as tough today. Our show lineup, which begins with Pro Football Hall of Famer and former NFL MVP... Who is? Steve Young. Steve Young. That is correct. He joins us for 20 minutes today. (laughs) Where is Zach Wilson's ideal landing spot in the NFL, according to Mr. Young? And why did Zach Wilson rise to number 2 on the pro football focus big board? Incredible stuff with Steve Young on the way. Plus, how in the world does BYU football capitalize on the 2020 season? Push this thing forward. Don't forget another Cougar back in the NFL, Jason. Don't answer that one. Mm-hmm. And Yoli Charles has nope. his official pro basketball home. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Last night on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, Coach Pope confirmed the news that sophomore forward Wyatt Lowell will miss the rest of the season after suffering a torn Achilles. Lowell suffered that injury against Gonzaga last Thursday night, certainly hoping for a speedy recovery. For Wyatt. Up next for the Cougars is a matchup in Moraga against St. Mary's tomorrow night. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio can be heard at 10 Eastern. Tip-off at 11 Eastern. You can also watch on ESPN2.
1: Three BYU Cougars officially invited to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, but it's not really a bowl game because of COVID-19. It'll be held virtually this year. Matt Bushman, Isaiah Kafusi, and Tristan Hodge, all seniors, which is part of the deal, invited to attend a two-day event which gives players a virtual education on
2: transitioning into the professional rinks. Everything is virtual these days. Yeah. John Denny making his return to the National Football League. That after signing to the practice squad of the New Orleans Saints, mm. the former Cougar played with the Miami Dolphins from 2005 to 2018, mostly as the team's long snapper. Well, Congratulations! Want to have a long career in the NFL. Be a long snapper.
1: That's the way to go. It is a
2: specialized skill that, guys, once you get it, as John is a perfect example of this, once you get one of those jobs, if if you're good at it, you can last in the NFL for a very long time. Yes, case in point. Yoli
1: Childs has been assigned to play with the Erie Bayhawks in the NBA's G League bubble at the Disney World Sports Complex. And Jimmer Fredette scored a cool 35 points for his Shanghai Sharks in a win Elijah Bryant, Maccabi Tel Aviv still playing over there they lost but Bryant had 15.6 rebounds and 4 assists. Good to have uh, Cougars in different professional ranks playing well. All rise and shout it's time for What's Trending
0: you're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: You know what? We're two days into the offseason for college football, and already, Jason, I'm itching for more because of what BYU football did.
0: So hit it! Countdown to the Wildcats!
1: 232. 232 days away from BYU and Arizona, once again opening up a college football season against each other. The BYU Cougars did this in 2007 against Arizona. They did it in 2006, the year before that. They did it in 2016, 2018, and now they're going to do it in 2021, but this time in Las Vegas, Jason. My real question is, and I have a question this time actually, <laughs> how does BYU football capitalize on the momentum from an unbelievable 2020 season and push this thing in the right direction towards next fall?
2: Look, for me, there are two things that stand out in terms of how BYU can capitalize on it. The first one I want to start with, and I think it's probably the most obvious one, is recruiting. Before I make a couple of points is a little tease ahead to our interview with Steve Young. This is actually something that Steve Young talked about in the interview you'll hear in about 10 minutes. Check this out.
3: We have not been great recruiters. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. Uh, we're losing uh, great athletes out of Utah. We have for 10 years that are headed to, to other schools, in the Pac-12. And with this year, we can go recruit. We can go argue that you're going to be, you know, you can go pro. See, That's from Steve Young, okay. Now you and I saying
2: it is one thing. Steve Young talking about how you the recruiting aspect of this could be massive. I I agree with him. Look, and maybe some of this we saw at the early signing period, you know, Logan Fano, guys like Raider DeMooney, guys like that. Does BYU get those guys if they don't have the 2020 season they did? You, 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 You probably saw a little bit of it there. I think where you may see even more of it and where BYU can capitalize in terms of the recruiting aspect is probably next year's recruiting class because now you have this entire recruiting period to talk about what you did last year. Look what we did last year. And and Steve talked about the narrative, the BYU, that you can go to the NFL. You know, there there is this narrative out there by a lot of people. And, and I think it's certainly used as negative recruiting against BYU. Well, if you have aspirations of going to the NFL, you don't want to go to BYU. Well, this last season certainly it puts a, a damper on that argument against the Cougars. So I, I agree with what Steve said. This is also something from a recruiting standpoint it says, hey, look, we've got a guy, now we obviously don't know yet where Zach Wilson's going to go, but let's just say he's, whatever, whether he's not he's top two or not, uh, he's going to be a top five, top ten pick. You come here and play quarterback, you have a chance to be a top ten pick. You, have a, go, you play offensive line, you have an opportunity to be drafted you know, day one, day two. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that narrative goes away. The other aspect beyond the recruiting, I think, that BYU can capitalize is financially. How, though? Because we're $20 million in debt. But here's, here's a couple of things I look at. Season tickets. Okay. Now, we're obviously assuming that fans are allowed back in. Gotta but you You, you, you got to go, assume that we are. So you have an opportunity to maybe sell more season tickets. People are energized. So you have an opportunity to do yeah, that. Oh, well, I think the fans want to be there. Absolutely. Clearly. How about, how about gear? More BYU gear. Look, everybody has – every BYU fan probably has gear. But when you come off a season like that, you're probably a little more amped to go buy the newest thing at the, at the BYU store. Official outfitter, of BYU fans <laughs> everywhere. And, have, and this one, I think, is, is maybe even the most important, donors. Mm. Donors may be a little more willing to open up the old
1: pocketbook. Well, and Jason, I said we're $20 million in debt a little bit in jest because you look at the all-in process right, right now. We're up to over $12 million raised from thousands of donors, using your word, that are trying to inject financial life back into the program right out of their own pocket.
2: There are a lot of things. Recruiting, the the financial aspect of it, those are the two things that really stand out to me in terms of how BYU can really capitalize on just an unbelievable 2020 season.
1: I'm hoping that recruiting includes in-home visits again. Because it basically shut down everything for these major college football programs, which is why, and I have some friends that are spread across different programs, at high-level college football, Clemson, Alabama, that have said, coaches are on the phone all the time, FaceTiming with guys. Shout out to Tyson Hutchins, who uh, is one of the photographers for Clemson's football team. And he said, we've reached a day and age where... Coaches literally are on the field of the, the playoff game saying, hey, we're here. You can experience this because they have to. There's, there's nothing else that they can do. Everything is done virtually. Shout out to the NFLPA Bowl as well. So, Jason, I'm hoping that there are in-home visits because if that becomes a thing, pageantry returns to college football, then, yeah, BYU can capitalize on all those things. But what if it's not? Then what? I still think BYU has an advantage because of the notoriety and the publicity they generated. So and we've already seen it. You know, Logan Fano and Raider DeMooney are not too little recruits for this BYU football team. I know that they're going to go on missions and most of these guys aren't going to play at BYU for at least three years, at least step on the field. But it matters. Recruiting is the lifeblood of any program. Also, going back to something that Steve Young has said for years on this show, and that is you need to have an exciting brand of football so that people want to watch and want to play there. Uh, BYU was the epitome of an exciting brand of football, and now they've got the schedule back to match. So say what you will, fans, about, ah, it's too tough or too many Power Fives. The players want that opportunity.
2: It's a selling point to get
1: players to BYU. So pushing it forward BYU and Tom Homo, they have something going with the schedule. Now, paying it off in a big way against a tougher schedule? We wait and see. But recruiting is the lifeblood. Big-time schedule. Exciting brand of football. Just chuck the ball all over the field. And that's what BYU did. And look how it resurrected the program. Our question of the day. What do you think? How does BYU football capitalize on the momentum of 2020 in the 2021 season? Let's hear from you and go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: At first, or sorry, at Mr. Underscore No with the first response in on Twitter. The Cougs are going to have a starting new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator, so I don't think it'll be possible to capitalize on the 2020 momentum as the force of it is gone. Hmm. BYU will need to find a new scheme and momentum to prove they were not just the Zach Wilson show. I disagree wholeheartedly with all due respect. Because BYU brought back the integral piece that is going to make the offense tick. And that is Aaron Roderick. So how does BYU capitalize on the momentum? They bring back and bottle up whatever it was that helped BYU build to this and wrap them up. And they did that with Aaron Roderick and Fessy Sitake. So I don't think that it's a new scheme. No, no. BYU has the scheme. They've got the pieces. It's just a matter of the players now going
2: out and executing. And this makes Steve Young very happy. And you're going to hear from him coming up. 20 minutes of awesome. Our conversation with Hall of Famer Steve Young. Where does Zach
1: Wilson fit in the NFL? And, yeah, let's hear from Steve on that new hire of Aaron Roderick as offensive coordinator. Is he on board? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU hoops back
2: on the road tomorrow at St. Mary's. Big one in Moraga. Listen to the game on BYU Radio. Coverage will begin at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I'll have Cougar pregame live for you. Game tips at 11 Eastern with Greg Rubel and Mark Durant on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app.
1: We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton teamed up with Jeopardy hopeful champion Jason Shepard. We spoke with Former NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion, pro football Hall of Famer, BYU all-time great Steve Young yesterday and discussed everything from Zach Wilson's perfect spot in the NFL to BYU's new offensive coordinator. And would Steve ever take the offensive line coach job at BYU? All things on the table. Here is that conversation with Steve Young on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Steve, BYU just finished a season with their fourth highest ranking in program history. Ironically enough, just behind your senior season in 1983 when you and the Cougars finished number 7. Oh, you're going to
3: bring up Baylor, aren't you? We're going to talk Baylor and there's an opening game. All right, let's, let's go there. That's fine. You know.
1: <laughs> we'll leave Baylor out of it. I mean, we, we might talk about Jeff Grimes, Jeff Grimes leading for yes. Baylor, but we, yes. we won't bring up the specific game in '83. Uh, let's, like let's, let's focus on the happy stuff. 2020 BYU has one of their best seasons in program history. How would you define the 2020 BYU football season?
3: I, I, with that, you know, in context for uh, COVID and what it did to our schedule and what Tom had to do to pull off a season and uh, with the risks of COVID, not being able to get the games and having to delay games and, and move them around and some were missed and some were scratched and, It was the greatest of all time because of what was accomplished. We re-energize and re I mean, we, we, you know, the national um, uh, conversation around college football and BYU, we've been missing for a long time and we're back in it. Now we're not back in it like heavy. Uh, We couldn't even, you know, get more respect than Cincinnati or, I mean, I never could figure that one out. Um, so we're not all the way, but we're just, at least we're off our backs and, uh, we're off the mat, you know, and, uh, and Zach did a great job of playing great quarterback, which always energizes everybody. I really appreciate, uh, how they have, pro- how Kalani finally approached the offense and got out of this, um, rushing game, you know, try to win 17, 13 and really just, put it on Zach. It really, I mean, everything uh, was a, was, was better. And now we've established ourselves at ESPN. I think very well, we always were liked, but now I think we established ourselves as, you know, back to who BYU is uh, exciting, offensive, you know, quarterback centric kind of stuff. So look, all of it, uh, you can't tell me there were, there was nothing negative. The only negative was how, how slow people were to perceive us as, as maybe a great team. And that's because of how far we were coming from behind. And, uh, um, you know, when they first ranked us at 15, it felt really a slight. Well, it was a slight because we were coming from so far away. Uh, and uh, now we're not, you know, this year, now the pressure's on, right? We'll have hopefully a more fulsome schedule this year, maybe the toughest in the in the country and we're a new quarterback. And now we've got to fill those shoes and fill that vacuum. Uh, of expectations that have been built because that's what, that's how great of a season it was that we built some expectations, which is really cool. Sorry for the long answer, but it was a great year.
2: It was always. There was a a lot to talk about. It's one of the funnest years that fans have had to be able to enjoy in a long time. And you mentioned Zach Wilson and certainly his performance was fun and talked about BYU moving up the rankings each week. Zach Wilson was skyrocketing to the top of NFL draft boards. Give everybody an idea of of why Zach is such a hot commodity among NFL circles and could potentially be the number two pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Yeah.
3: So, uh, from you know, first of all, just from my perspective, uh, Zach was given the opportunity, finally, with this offense to grow. And to handle more and more, and Arod was giving him a lot of great opportunities. And every time Zach responded, it was it was kind of like uh, I'm trying to think of how you would how you'd think about a good analogy. But the first one is just you know the more weight you put on somebody, usually they slow down, usually they get bogged down. Uh, you ask them to do more from the data, and their, their mind gets racing, and they're not as effective, and they're not as present when they play. Um, and he, the more it seemed like they gave Zach to do, the better he played, uh, the more he excelled, the more he kind of blossomed and the full measure of who Zach is as a player started to come out. And that's what, I think that's what grabbed everybody. Um, the throws that were made the decisions and that, you know, immediately what you saw early in the year was this is a kid that has, and look, you, you always compare, younger players to someone who's, who's already there or been there. They're like, Oh, that's more like, you know, Dan Marino or, or John L or whatever it is. And that gives people context. This is a kid that has the talent and the presence of Patrick Mahomes. Like there's nothing that Zach, that Patrick does that Zach. I don't feel like, I feel like Zach could go out and be scrambling left and, be, you know, someone pull his right arm and he puts the ball in his left and throw it. Like, I think Zach's that present, if that makes sense. And I think that he's, you know, um, kind of has that sense that, you know, I always think of Joe Montana when I think of this great quality where you can have 22 guys on the field and all the chaos going on and and you are, like, chilling. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> 22, guys, 22 guys is no big deal. And some people just from a spatial relationship of humans, it doesn't, you know, you, it doesn't overwhelm you. And so Zach is a kid that uh, guys that watch this for a living and that's their, their job is to pick quarterbacks. He just, he jumped out at you. So once they get jumped out, I think it was maybe the Houston game where there's like, okay, wait a second, who is this kid? What are they? And that's, and I give a and I give Kalani a lot of credit for giving Zach the opportunity to showcase that. Now, it showcased the offense, showcased BYU football, showcased how good we could be. It was all part of it, but it was the lean-in from getting away from trying to win 17-13, which is just truly Kalani's rooted, rootedness, right? Like, that's where he wants to be. He wants to just <laughs> grind it out and just beat you. And it's so, so hard for him to, to make the transition. And I give him so much credit to go working against his nature and accepting and actually embracing and – you know, this BYU way. He talked about it over the years. I would talk talk to him. Other guys were talking to him. Kalani, even if we lose, we got to do it the BYU way. We gain so much. You know, you can recruit off of it. You can, we've talked on the show before. BYU is a certain thing. And so all of that worked well for Zach. And Zach, uh, I got a call from a scout of the 49ers and he was head of the Boise game. And uh, and he said, this kid is amazing. And I go, "I I know. It's like, the more they ask, the more you get. And then the Boise game you recall um, was another great one, mm-hmm. and made throws that you were like, "That's what happened." Then once everyone got everyone started to watch him, then he started. He was on like he knew he was on the show, and he he was smoking can throws. You're like, "Whoa, that was that was unbelievable!" <laughs> and that's when it really got going because that's what guys, pro scouts are watching for. That they watch for, okay, this kid now knows he's. In the mix. This kid now knows that everybody's in the stands watching him. Everyone knows na- nationally they're watching him. And they want to see how he responds. Because that usually is one of the gaining issues for a quarterback. Can he can he kind of handle more and more? And every time you're – and then it was the San Diego State game where it was cold, it was windy, and, you know, a lot of quarterbacks kind of, you know, close ranks a little bit and they're not as kind of um, free-flowing. And Zach's like, I don't know what wind what cold? What's the problem? And that was another little moment when people would call me and say, the kid just seems unflappable. And, um, and so that's why you start to think about his, what is his ceiling? What can't he do? And that's where you start talking about first round, then top of the first round, then why not with the jets number two, because as time goes on with that trajectory, right up into the right, uh, uh where does that end? Where does it flatten? And there's nothing about Zach right now. They've tried, people have tried to slow down the train. I mean, if somebody reported that Zach wasn't um um I know what was that little report that came out that he wasn't a leader or that he was a He was spoiled you know, Spoil Rich Kid is was Which is really a rotten thing to do. And I I still I I I still, one of the worst things I ever did on TV was say something like that about Chris Sims, which I regret. I've told him thousands of times how sorry I was. And so his dad, his dad almost, we were in the tunnel going out for the Super Bowl uh, um, uh, MVPs, All MVPs, and he uh, he wanted to fight, man. I was like, geez, Phil, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I mean, I'm from Greenwich, Connecticut. The mean streets are Greenwich, Connecticut. Like, I just said the wrong thing. I, I said the wrong thing. I screwed up. I screwed up. And uh but I but that that's a nefarious comment to make to somebody. And uh and I thought that Cougar Nation responded and really in many ways the people, the fans squelched well, that. The fans that they had enough anecdotes and experiences that were personal. There's like this is not right, and I really appreciated that because Zach needs that. He's gonna be under attack a little bit here and there. There'll be forces out there that are gonna want the – you know camps of other quarterbacks, other teams, people trying to manipulate the draft, trying to trying to devalue him so they might fall to him. Uh I mean fall to them. You know there's all this intrigue that's going to be going on over the next 3 or 4 months and so Cougar Nation is just you know watch closely for any kind of slippage of the tongue from anybody <laughs> about Zach Wilson. Um but Zach, but you know look, it's not a perfect puzzle yet because Zach is like, you know, um People will say, well, he wasn't the – he wasn't the – captain. was a junior. He wasn't the captain. Usually the quarterback's the captain. Was there something there? And I tell people, well, you got to understand there's so much maturity on a BYU team because of post-missions and just the nature of what missions do for guys and the maturity you get. You're going to get 15 guys that are that are really, you know, salt of the earth, great human beings, great leaders uh, energized, uh, uh, guys in the locker room. And, and so, you know, to be a captain at BYU is not just a foregone conclusion it's to be the quarterback. So that's my story there. Um, but that they're looking for anything. They're like, well, what about, you know, one time we heard cause people need to know Zach's come from nowhere in some ways. And the, how do we pressure test him before we make him, uh, the Ziggy Ansaw of this, of this draft? Steve Young with us on,
1: absolutely. Steve Young with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Steve, when you look at all of the different landing spots that have been projected, the New York Jets at number two, Atlanta at number four, Carolina at number eight, Detroit at number nine, and then, of course, your 49ers at number 12. Where do you feel like the best fit is for Zach Wilson as he makes the transition from college football to the National Football
3: League? Well, I'm, I'm a big believer in Zach, and so I, you know. If I was the Jaguars, I'd take him. You know, if I look about upsides, uh, you know, and that might be. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. There's no question. So, I mean, I, you know, you know, I'm being a little bit uh, uh, crazy in saying that. But well, I'm just saying that the Jets are going to are doing work on him, and they're going to have to. They're going to have a tough time trying to talk themselves out of making him that pick. There's going to be some, you know, being in New York and being uh, with Justin and his his championship run uh, and how he played. It's going to be tough to, you know, just the national media and everything else to, to make him the number two pick, but they're, they're going to have be hard-pressed not to take him. I think by the time they work him out, go through the combines, um, and see all the film and talk to everybody, uh, it'll be hard to pass him. Now you look at the next few teams, none of them are probably quarterback focused. Maybe Atlanta ends up looking for, um, sorry about that, Maybe Atlanta looks for a um, –
1: uh, It's, live, it's right. live television. Hey, maybe all, somebody's all calling night. to ask it's, you about it's Zach. So live,
3: <laughs> it's so live i got to turn my phone off. That is just rude. Sorry. <laughs> no but worries. Uh, you think it might be Atlanta. Might Would if they, if they do something with Matt Ryan if someone tries to move up? And then Detroit, what they do with Matthew Stafford and Detroit. Um, but if they pass Detroit, if it gets past seven, it gets super cool and interesting because the teams that start showing up you see San Francisco at 12. I, I'm guessing you think, oh, Steve knows. He's, he's got some insight. I promise you, I have no insight about the 49ers <laughs> and their thoughts about the draft. But I do know that the 49ers are serious about about looking at Zach, Zach Wilson. I mean, so if he could if, they, if he could get within range of 12 to 9 and they could move around, that would be super cool. Denver with John Elwell now John's the president, but I think they, no one would pass Zach up who's looking for a quarterback. Nobody, nobody. So if it's Atlanta, it's Atlanta. If it's, if it's uh, Detroit it's Detroit. And and if somebody could move up from New England to, to San Francisco to to Denver to, you know, all those teams in the middle of the pack are all desperate for quarterbacks. They would do anything to get to Zach. So that's how that's going to play out.
2: Steve, you've mentioned the, uh, the offense for BYU a couple of times, and now BYU has a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Aaron Roderick is now the guy that's going to be in charge of the offense, and, and you've been on the show very vocal about how much you like what you see from him. What do you make of that hire and what it means for the BYU offense moving
3: forward? Uh, I'm ecstatic at that hire. <laughs> Uh, I am, uh, overjoyed. I am, uh, (laughs) I just, you know, I've been, I've been arguing for a long time, uh, that BYU needs to be related to its past because we can use it as a tool in, like I said, in recruiting, in pregame speeches for Kalani, for how people see us. And I said, even if we lose throwing it around, we still are BYU. There's something to be. It's like Pittsburgh in defense. It's like there's very few play and Steelers. There's very few places in football, college and pros, where you have an image that you can hold on to and use in its and its past to use for all the really cool purposes. So, Arod, Arod, I love what he did. Like he would see something Andy Reid ran, that Patrick Mahomes did, a week or two before, and then they'd run it. And, of course, it worked because Zach can handle that. That's what was so cool about this year. I, I was like, hey, Rod, I'd see something on, on a game on, uh, on the weekend with um, the pros, and it was a super cool play that Sean Payton had or that Kyle Shanahan had put together or Sean McVay. And then all of a sudden, BYU was running it and just <laughs> ripping people with it. And I'm like, oh, hey rod I love you, man. This is <laughs> awesome. Because it's not plagiarism. It's really just seeing you have a guy that can do it in Zach, and a lot of great talent around. And look, at think about what happened at back, at tight end. And, you know, people just blossomed because he was calling plays that allowed for that full measure of someone's creation. Like, it's just really, you think about it kind of spiritually, like people want to see how good they can be. And I love that A-Rod gave people that opportunity to see how good they could be. He gave Zach that opportunity. When Zach goes in the top 10 uh, this this spring, he's got to go hug A-Rod. Because uh, A Rod gave him that, that opportunity, and uh, and so do, so to you know all, all the guys on offense because he's he, he's that he's kind of innovative young mind. If he keeps it up, uh, they'll be looking at because pro pro football is looking for young innovative minds, offensive minds. And um, I mean the Jets would love one right now. There's the Jet I mean you go down the list, everybody would love one. Houston needs one desperately. Um, So anyway, there's that for A-Rod. I I don't want to overstate it, but I don't want to understate it either. Uh, We... And you better not change, A-Rod. Eh, <laughs> <laughs> Steve Young is
1: watching. Hey, we're talking about a guy from the mean streets of Greenwich, Connecticut. You don't want to double-cross this, dude, right? Right. Yeah, you're I'm not watching.
3: messing with me. I'm on the Stanford-Greenwich border, man. It's tough. It's tough over there.
1: <laughs> Steve, let's finish with this. It's been so fun to watch a number of former BYU Cougars flourish in the NFL, and it feels like a majority of those guys are still playing in the playoffs between Dirty Dan, Daniel Sorensen with the Chiefs, and Jamal Williams with the Packers, and Taysom Hill, the Saints, of course, among others. Which Cougar still playing in the NFL playoffs do you expect to make the biggest impact on uh, what they hope is a hopeful run to a Super Bowl championship?
3: Well, uh, Dan, Dirty Dan, he's got. To, I mean, he's going to be in the Mexico so it's Kansas City. I don't know who beats Kansas City other than himself, So. Uh... You know, you're on the, the, the biggest stage and you make a big play, and, you know, that's going to be world famous. Taysom's the one that can make the biggest difference. Um, and you saw the other day when he didn't make the difference, right? When the ball got uh, tipped and he was, he that was going to be, it should, should have been touched, but I don't know where that ball's going to end up. I love that Sean has more confidence in Taysom now, take the ball and throw it, which he earned very nicely when he played the few games that Drew was out. And so I think Taysom's the one that, um, clearly can make a huge difference in this run, especially, you know, I mean, uh, they're going to probably end up in, uh, in Green Bay when it's cold and there's going to need some cool plays that, you you know, running sophisticated running stuff that Taysom can do that can really help the, the Saints. So I, I suspect Taysom going to be if – if Taysom has a great pre, uh, postseason, the Saints are probably going to be in good shape.
1: Steve, we always enjoy talking with you. It's uh, nice to talk BYU football, man. So uh, let's continue to do uh, this, and yeah, we'll pass I, I along just, the message gotta, to
3: Arod. I just hope you know. I think we've got everything in place, right? We've got uh, uh, we just we got to make sure we always have a quarterback or two running around that are uh, that are you know playing great football. We got to keep expanding and you know keep recruiting. Um, recruiting is we have not been great recruiters. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. Uh, we're losing uh, great athletes out of Utah. We have for 10 years that are headed to, to other schools, in the Pac-12. And with this year, we can go recruit. We can go argue that you're going to be, you know, you can go pro. You can, you know, uh, Zach going in the top half of the first round tells you that, you know, BYU is back on the mo- map. So we got to take advantage of it. We can't let it slide. I know we get it. But anyway, ask your question. I mean, you can see I'm a, I think about BYU football way too much. <laughs> it's
1: not possible, <laughs> no, Steve. No. You can't it's, think about it too oh, much. Good. In fact, if you want to come recruit and coach the offensive line, there's an opening there too. So throw your name in the mix.
3: You do not want me coaching <laughs> offensive line because I hate blocking <laughs> schemes. I hate, like, that's what I say. You know, Trent Dilfer, he's, he's, he's up for some college football jobs. He's been in high school coaching, doing a great job in Nashville, Tennessee. At Lipscomb Academy, and uh, and he and like he's my he's my brother Tom. They love football the way that I don't. I like I love playing quarterback. I love that it takes every inch of yourself. It takes every spiritual, emotional, mental, physical piece of yourself to be any good at it. I love the to be engrossed in playing quarterback. I love that but when you want to start talking about blocking schemes and, and, and angles and like, I, I just, I gloss over, like I can, I would be a terrible coach. I would like, I don't care. Like just you know, watch my film and do it like that. Like, I don't know. Let me just go on to score touchdowns.
0: Me.
3: Yeah. Like I, and so uh, I would you would not want me as the offensive line coach. I can promise you that. I'd be like, guys, just, just get it done. You know, just whatever you need to protect the quarterback, you know, figure it out. Right. Fair Probably enough. We'll,
1: we'll keep you as our muscle on BYU Sports Nation as, a, as our uh, West Coast analyst. I'm the ICBM
3: missile. Anything that needs to get done, just send me out. I'm ready to go. <laughs> we can not even talk about Big Five conferences, too. We've got, to, we've got to start figuring that out, too, by the way. So that'll be next time we talk.
1: I love it. Steve, great to catch up with you, my friend. Uh, hope 2021 is going well for you, and let's do this again soon. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Steve Young on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. How great is that? He wanted to go
2: more. He wanted to talk more about uh, the Power Five conferences. Look, you know, my ears perked up when he talked about expansion talk. <laughs> I-, I was ready to go another twenty minutes. So he is such a BYU fan, and I love it. That's what I love. Not only does is he NFL Hall of Famer Steve Young that can he's talk all in, but, he, but he's. As big a BYU fan as anybody, and I love that. And he's unapologetic about it. That's what I think is fantastic. We told you that the uh, almost 22-minute
1: interview would be worth it. Steve Young, <laughs> never disappointing. And we got more. We still have 22 minutes left in the show.
2: Absolutely. Coming up, deep blue with Big Rich, Richard
0: Harward.
1: Plus, one of the potential starting quarterbacks for BYU in 2021, Jaron Hall, has been cited in a photo shoot for the team. What does it mean? This is BYU
0: Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join us for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel. We'll
2: look back on the loss at Gonzaga and then look ahead to St. Mary's and San Francisco this week. Plus, you can watch features like Deep Blue and The Film Room. Watch the rebroadcast of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope immediately following BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU
1: Sports Nation. He is Jason. I am Spencer. You know what to do. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Ramp presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's
2: most challenging shipping problems. Spencer, let's start with this one. Does BYU deserve better than 200 to 1 odds to win the Natty in 21? Oh, snap.
1: CBS Sports gives the Cougs 200 to 1 odds, Jason? No, they don't deserve more than that. I'm still thinking about that at one point in the 2020 season, BYU was 20-1 to 1 odds to win the national championship. That was unbelievable. 200-1
2: to 1 feels fair right now based on what the Cougars have to replace. Yeah, with what Vegas seems to know about just about every sporting event, you don't really want to mess with their predictions. I don't predictions.
1: know what circles they're walking in. Uh, they, they got some deals, though, that's for sure. Oh, they got some deals. Some deals. All right, our next question is set up by today's stat of the day.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
1: BYU quarterback sensation, Zach Wilson's 95.4 pro football focus grade, is the second highest grade by any college football quarterback since 2014, trailing only Alabama's Mac Jones this season. Okay, that puts Zach's season rated higher than what LSU's Joe Burrow did last year, Jason. And as mentioned, behind Mac Jones. When history is written, where will Wilson rank among those three names? Joe Burrow, Mac
2: Jones, and Zach Wilson? In college or his overall career in the pros? You decide. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll say into the pros. Look, we know what Joe Burrow is capable of. Zach and Mac Jones at that level, we still don't know. I'll say second. Okay. I'll say second behind Burrow. Joe Burrow is the quarterback for my Cincinnati Bengals,
1: and I was highly entertained at what he was able to do until he went through that horrific season-ending injury, and I'm excited to get him back. But yeah, being second to a guy like Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, the Heiser Trophy winner, is nothing to, uh, you know, skip over. So I'm probably with you. I think Zach Wilson's going to have a better NFL career than Mac Jones.
2: All right. What does BYU using Jaron as a uniform model mean for next season? Uh, Some Photos yesterday for BYU equipment, and there you see it on, if you're watching on BYU TV, Jaron Hall, by the way, working the bicep uh-huh. curl. Yeah,
1: no, you can get on board with that, can't you, Jason? All
2: upper body, all the time.
1: In the all uh this means that Jaron Hall is 100% in the mix to be a factor for BYU football. They wouldn't use him in
2: a photo shoot if he were
1: not that, based yeah. on the planning ahead. so. Expect Jaron Hall to be yeah. in the race to start at quarterback.
2: Yeah, what it means to me, do not underestimate Jaron Hall. That's what it <laughs> means to me.
1: BYU basketball jumped two spots overnight in ESPN. Joe Leonardi's latest Bracketology update. Linardi has BYU as the second team out now. His next bracket is on Friday. Will the Cougars be in his bracket by Friday?
2: Yes, because I'm saying they go to Moraga and win. I think that's going to be enough to get them in. Oh, if BYU
1: picks up a third quadrant one oh, yeah. victory this early in the season, then yes, they'll be in Joe's bracket on Friday, but you got to beat the Gales. Alright, coming up, rise and shout out to the old guys. And what sparked a life-changing decision for BYU basketball's Richard Harward? Deep Blue is up next. This is BYU
0: Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: BYU women's basketball hosting St. Mary's tomorrow right here on BYU TV. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern time on both BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from the
1: studio Bizzle. There's something about walking up a mountain and finding inspiration that everyone can relate to, right? And uh, it was on a team hike that Richard Harwood of BYU basketball made a decision that ultimately changed his life. This is Deep Blue presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help.
4: Big Rich. He really just doesn't care what people think about him. I think it's one of his greatest strengths
5: as well. One of my favorite players I've ever been around and ever experienced to be around and to coach. He just took life in stride. Was not one of those that would give us grief or anything else like that. He was just cool. I think
4: it kind of sh- it kind of shows through in the way he plays because he's the kind of player that he doesn't care to go get his hands dirty. He doesn't care that like he's this big guy on the ground growing for the ball. I, I-, I think it's something that's definitely come across his whole life.
5: I've coached Richard now for three and a half years. I had him when he returned from his mission. Three years ago, his freshman when he played zero minutes a game. And we didn't really know what to expect when we got him back. So he came back, got to Utah Valley. His freshman year couldn't even scratch. Couldn't get a second of time.
4: Things weren't really going the way he thought they would. From a basketball perspective, my dad was sick. There were other like depression issues, things that he was working his way through.
5: He was like, I don't know what my future is here. I don't know if I'm good enough to play here. I don't know if I fit here. Um, was thinking about maybe transferring, finding a better fit to play. And we went on a team hike. We had all the guys sleep at my house. And then we woke up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And we went all together and climbed Mount Timpanogos. I've grown up
4: hiking and doing outdoorsy stuff. So I was like, oh, I got to get up this thing in record time. And I was kind of hauling it up, but when I was by myself, there's a lot of moments where I was just kind of sitting there thinking to myself quietly. And I realized it's like, hey, there's going to be tough times. Like, it's going to be miserable. And it's like, I'm going to feel like I got jipped or I got screwed out of certain situations. But it's like, when we were at the top of the mountain and had the whole team together, that was the moment that I was just like, I want to be here with these guys. Like, I want to like summit the mountain with a team. I don't want to be some guy that's
5: always fighting for his own. I want to be with a squad. He raced up that mountain ahead of us and came down. And he walked in my office a couple days later and said, coach, I don't know what my future holds. I don't know if I have a place to fit here on this team, but I cannot let my teammates down. I'm not leaving. And from that day, he made this commitment.
4: Music is just such a great like tool and like vessel to bring about like happiness and emotion. And like connecting with people's emotions, and like I said, when I was struggling with anxiety and like depression and stuff, just listening to that music really gave me something to cling on to and feel like I could connect with it.
5: He did not scratch for the first half of the season his sophomore year either. There was no daylight. He was buried under this big slew of bigs that we had. He was getting no love. We had a player break his pinky. Uh, one of our centers. So he had to sit down, and so we had to throw Rich in this, into the rotation. When he wasn't playing and he was being energetic and brought it every single day, when he was called upon, he was ready. Right? I think the first game he was called upon, he had 16 points, 12 rebounds, and was player of the week. Alley-oop,
2: Richard Howard. Game of his life.
5: Every game for the rest of the season essentially averages a double-double, is the best player, the best big in our conference in the entire WAC, all from the get-go. It's like as soon as he got under the lights, it was like go
4: time. I'd grown up my whole life, people tell me like "Uh, you're too fat because I grew up a pretty chunky kid. (laughs) Tell me it's like you're too fat, you're not gonna make the junior high team and then I went to work and I made it. Scout leader was telling me in morning basketball one time, he's like, yeah, I was talking to some guys and they said like, yeah, you can play high school ball but they really can't see you at the D1 level. And that, that made me so angry. It made me so mad. I was like, hey, I got to show these people. Another one of those examples of like, hey, is confidence been like all this hard work's paying off. And now I can go and show these people. I can show all the people who doubted me that this underdog can do it. How many guys on last year's team told us they hated practice because of Richard That
3: Harvey? guy right there. Because he's a physical. No, they're like, he's so Yoli strong. was the first to say it, too. Yoli Childs was
4: like, man, I hate banging against that guy.
5: He wants to win, and he wants to see everyone be successful, and he knows what it's like. Um, he knows what it's like as a bench guy, as a role guy, and as, you know, a player of the week guy. He cares about this team and the players on it so much, and with all the incredible things he's going to do on the court this season, he's never going to do anything more important than that.
1: Deep blue with Richard Harward. you got to love that kid's tenacity on the court and then just learning that. Man, incredible stuff.
2: Yeah, and he's becoming more and more comfortable in in game situations. He's been a a big-time pickup for BYU. Coming up, which BYU quarterback gets Spencer's rise and shout-out?
1: Plus, does our elite voice include making 10-hour one-way trips to visit John Beck? It just might. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rising Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation,
1: always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps.
2: you going to always download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget, while you're there, subscribe, rate, and review the show. This just in, some men's hoops news for you. The game between BYU and San Diego that was originally scheduled to be played on January 2nd. That has now been rescheduled for February 2nd in San Diego. Tip off at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, so BYU the a rescheduled game on January
1: 27th at Pepperdine in the afternoon. That's a Wednesday. And then they'll play at San Diego on February.
2: That would be 2nd. two of the three that so far have been postponed. Pacific is still unannounced. TBD, yep.
1: Our question of the day. How does BYU football capitalize on the momentum of 2020 into 2021? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Greg Schaefer on Twitter. Get as many players as BYU can driving 10 hours a week. To work with John Beck. Technically, be 20 hours a week because of the down and back, right? Yes. Hey, whatever. Patrick Neal on Instagram adds, beat Utah. That's it. That's the momentum. <laughs> that would be great momentum. <laughs> I think everybody would be happy
2: if that's all that happened. The momentum would have been
1: capitalized
2: on at that point, right? Yes, absolutely. The losing streak is ended.
1: Today's rise and shout outs presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward.
2: We mentioned this earlier in the show, John Denny signed to the New Orleans Saints practice squad. I'm going to give John my rise and shout-out. Not very many 40-year-olds in the NFL, unless your name's Tom Brady, Drew Brees, but the fact that John is 42, I believe, and was signed, even if it's just to the practice squad right now, that says a lot about John Denny, That he's willing, that they're signing a guy in his 40s. They want John Denny. They need to put
1: John Denny on that uh, History Channel promo <laughs> yeah. with Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I remember playing. <laughs> yes, I love it. My Rise shout out goes to Jaron Hall. And I love his quiet, humble, hardworking nature to just keep going, not say much, and ultimately be ready to compete when he's healthy. And we've learned from Aaron Roderick that he is 100% healthy. He's at the team photo shoot yesterday, and he's ready to get in the mix to be the legitimate starter for BYU football. Jaron Hall has just kind of gone through some disappointing injuries, but hasn't you know gotten down on himself, and he's put himself in position, Jason. I really appreciate his resolute stance. He is more than
2: capable of carrying this offense.
1: All right, our thanks to today's guest, the always entertaining
2: Pro Football Hall of Famer, Steve Young. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUS. With well, Jason Shepard, I'm
1: Spencer Litton. Shout out to Ian Harwood. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!